up, motherfuckers? <laughs> we are hey. back with a very interesting podcast this evening. We have a professional dominatrix, Domina, joining us to speak to us about all of the, I don't know, ins, outs, aboves, and unders of doing professional dominatrix work. Uh, there was a lot of buzz and questions about this on my snap in the last couple of weeks. Um, and she was kind enough to volunteer and come on and talk about it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be an interesting perspective. Like we talk so frequently on here about the male dom and the female sub. I, I think that this is going to be really, really interesting to dive into the reverse of that. I love the doms. <laughs> I've, I've never... I feel like you two are in like a competition right now. Like <laughs> there's a lot of tension here. Yeah. <laughs> in competition with no woman, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, the luck. Fuck, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say I I've never I, I think there's a guy, I know there's a guy, I know there's a paid, I, I guess, prostitute, for lack of a better word, that, that follows him, went to come on and talk about it. I don't know that he was doing dom work professionally. I, I think he was just fucking chicks. Um, but I've never met a, a male paid dom. But I do know several female dominatrix that have made quite a good living, um, at least at points in their life doing dominatrix work it's uh stories i've heard are pretty interesting oh yeah <laughs> yeah we're actually i have a, a group on twitter that i talk with like uh, my other canadian doms that are we're quite close and we were just talking about the fact that there is actually a few cash masters it is the most ridiculous fucking thing ever because it is a male who is like a fuck you pay me kind of guy and like it, it is embarrassing to have that kind of profile let's just say that but there's so, a that is so embarrassing how do i get in this group <laughs> <laughs> Sounds you don't horrible. even want you don't even want to be associated <laughs> with that because we just make fun of them but there are some who are super successful and we have a, a payment platform that's called wish tender that can you know you get gifts through and whatnot and there's the top 10 and there's now like half full of men typically target audiences by and gay men as well um that makes sense. It, yeah. it does, like there's a very niche market for that and if you can get it like there's a guy that has about forty-five thousand followers on twitter who's been doing this for a long time and he makes bank wow i know i've heard wow. that even nowadays, as a man, you can make money on the foot sites. But yes. What? Yeah. Oh, man. But, I've known, yeah. I've heard stories of like within the last two years when the whole, um, oh, what was it called? The online pay thing, the, the OnlyFans. Um, only yeah, the OnlyFans. I've heard stories, um, they're all anecdotal, so I can't verify any of them, but I've heard, um, stories of straight men who are making money off of OnlyFans and a majority of their clientele are um, gay men and bi men. 
Yep. Oh, I, I could make a fucking killing if I did that with. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a oh, large, yeah. I have a huge gay following. I mean, 100% I could make money doing that. I just, I don't know yeah. that, I, that I could do it personally. It's like, a lot of work. Like a lot of people think like, how the, how the fuck do you make money? And say it's like you're, you're working. Like it is a lot of work that goes into it. And sometimes it's good to have like an administrator who you trust and or pay or whatever the case that can just do it for you mm. if you want more free time. We call oh. that a pimp in the States. <laughs> do you consider, do you consider <laughs> what you do to be sex work? Absolutely. Yeah. And if there's other doms on mostly Twitter is where I interact a lot. So if there's other doms or we call them baby doms who are like very new into the scene that say that they're not in sex work they're just in denial naive <laughs> that's so yeah very naive and it very much is and you just you got to be proud of it it's just a different type of sex work well i am so excited to hear more about this you already kind of answered one of my questions i was wondering like what is this co- like is there a is there a community of people that you know or are you like isolated in this so that's cool mm-hmm. um we can get more into that i'm sure mm-hmm. um but can you start by just telling us how this started how long ago how long you've been doing this and where did this begin okay so i guess i will start best spot would be um i was married so i was in a 95% vanilla marriage and what was that was a <laughs> tiny vibrator <laughs> oh my gosh so like yeah it was just like your typical marriage you know white picket fence type looking and but like mm. yeah this the sex was hot and heavy at the beginning and then it just faded out as it does and i started off to be you know quite vanilla and I think he was reaching for a bit more in it. And, you know, he bought me this little purple vibrator. I called him Barney. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's like how I started. And um, I used it one time during sex and it made me come like very well. And (laughs) but I was like very shy about it for some reason. I just Mm. didn't want to be seen in that way. And I'm like, this is this feels wrong or weird or whatever. Um my my a lot of my past sex sexual experiences were typically while I was drunk or drinking. So that could have had Mm. sort of a play into it. And then um, you know, eventually I actually did get sober from alcohol. So that has really changed. But at that point, that's essentially where we were things really did change after we both got sober he did a a different point and then i did and then we just kind of grew into to separate people and ended up splitting and you know i i did grieve the marriage for like maybe a month and then um, i was (laughs) i know this doesn't sound like a long time we were together for six and a half years but i uh was kind of like it was kind of a relief, you know, and, and things eventually popped up further on of like, okay, why we really truly didn't work out. But I just had this huge urge to get manhandled. You know, I hadn't really been before. There was a bit of like play aggression, but nothing crazy. And so I ended up finding a guy from the gym who was 23, maybe at the time I was like 27, eight, nine, I don't know, somewhere around there. (laughs) 
here's, you know, this little pup that I just wanted to him to manhandle me. And, you know, at that point we did fuck a few times and then I was starting to get kind of that like aggressive feeling. I don't know. It's because he was younger. So mm-hmm. I just felt like I could, I just wanted to just, you know, ruin him a little bit, but I hadn't <laughs> thought I hadn't had that dumb mindset yet. It was very just like curiosity and feeling. So, you know, I would choke him and mount him. And then I ended up like tying him up and I had these under the bed straps. I actually went to a sex show shortly after the divorce and was like, oh my God, give me all these toys. Why did I never use these before? Why was I shy to use them? Why did what, all this stuff? So like just this world that I hadn't really experienced a lot of other than porn. And then um, from there on, I ended up moving to a different province and meeting a guy who was polyamorous. So he had his own partner who was like his living partner and then myself. So that was also sort of introduction into kink. Um, I was on a site called FetLife, I'm sure you've heard of, uh, and seeking arrangements. Um, So backtracking a little bit actually started off as a sugar baby so when I got this like super mixed up but I moved provinces and was struggling quite a bit so within that time frame of living by myself after the divorce and then moving to this other province I was like I'm not gonna ask anybody for help so I'm gonna figure this fuck out so I started doing sugaring and that got me onto seeking sugaring <laughs> fucking men for money like I don't know <laughs> I mean <laughs> It's supposed to be like you go on dates and you're like, whatever, but it's literally that that's basically what it is. So I was like starting to get into that set of like, you know, guys being into certain things at that time. And then um, I met a guy on there who had a lot of kink experience. Then he did tell me to sign up for FetLife. He's like, I think you should do this. And then he actually turned out to be a piece of shit and, and quite, I would say more abusive and he called himself mm-hmm. a dom. So there's that fine line of like abusing it. And he definitely, mm-hmm. I found that out and figured that out with doing my own research and um, talking to other people within the fat life community that I'd become close with like signs. So, but at that point he had gotten me introduced to this world of kink and fat life. And then I was just basically a, um, the fuck's the word? Just wanted to be naked for people to look at me. Exhibitionist. <laughs> <laughs> so I just started with that um and then I ended up moving again and that's yes where I had met my polyamorous partner and he was very dom daddy very much so I felt like you know I I had this other submissive experience with this abuser type guy I'm dating this guy I'm very curious about polyamory and open relationships because I'd never experienced it before and so super submissive with him and then um, started an OnlyFans with just him and I and solo stuff and didn't really kind of go anywhere. And then he was like, you know, I do see this side of you and you have this, this curiosity of being a dom or something. There's something about you that needs to explore. So he encouraged me to go explore Um, the dom side of myself so I started off with still being on seeking arrangements I actually just kind of turned it into more of a dom profile Hmm. so then I said you know I'm looking for men who are submissive or looking to explore that side I had all 
already sort of explored that on FetLife, posting Dom type content. And then I ended up finding my first sub who was in person. He paid me $300 per meet, essentially. Um, and it just, it flowed really naturally. And you have to be able to connect and click with that person, regardless of what kind of play you're doing. There's got to be something there. So uh, we ended up going into a sex shop for the first time of our meet together and going in there. And it was just like, it already felt like there was that Dom sub. Uh, the the differentiation of that. And then that was my first pegging experience. So then he, you know, regularly we would meet up and do that and he would pay me. And he was also his second time doing that. And he's a dom on his other side of play. So he switches out as well. And then after that COVID hit, so there's, you know, whatever that was, the spring of 2020. So meeting was not really plausible. My partner at the time was was very sensitive to germs and, and all that. So I agreed that we would just keep the meets to a halt at that point. And then I was like, how else can I do this? And then I did some research and found Findom, which is financial domination, which is the majority of what I do. So there's a lot of different parts to the mix and then I did that for, I'm still doing that, but it was the majority of my work until we could, you know, start to see people again. And then I would kind of get back into um, playing with him, which is, I call him pet. So he is pet. We played. And then I've actually since met another guy who's in Canada. We meet up, I guess, you know, every off, like I don't meet up very often with people I'm very picky with who I meet because mm-hmm. safety and you know making sure that you feel comfortable with them and but yeah but otherwise it's been Twitter fandom for the most part and still doing meetups which is which is what sorry just just uh, well we, there's a lot of questions that we can backtrack to but just before we move away from this um like fandom is that all online work type of thing okay okay yeah all right mostly like I will do meets that are in relation to Findom um Findom has actually changed a lot when it used to be a few years ago and it was is very different and then I think when COVID hit it was the get rich quick type thing so a lot of people try to do it and they're like I can be mean for money there's obviously a lot more that goes into it (laughs) there's a craze on Twitter about that shit like for a while bitches Like where are the pay pigs? Like, first of all, That's do, you, exactly do you even have sex? Is. Stop it. That's a hundred percent. And there's a lot of underage girls that do try to join. And um, a lot of us in the community try to keep that, you know, if we can, you know, if you're not age verified, like get the fuck off. This isn't for children essentially. And it can gravitate into in-person a bit, but it's still femdom. So they are paying for femdom essentially when when it's in person but findom is mostly all online so you said safety or whatever so the the chicks that i know that have done this um basically i mean call it what it is a company or whatever but basically they would have a pimp you know that is who would set up whatever and everything um but they had a drive you know they call them a driver 
is usually a large man um, that drives them. You know, they pick the drive. Like these are friends of theirs. They they are paying this person out of their own pocket. This is not through the company, but they would always bring a man with them. You know, to wait outside. Okay. Is that is that not common in Canada? Uh, and honestly, like a lot of the doms I talked to are all from the states, and then there's UK and then Canadians. So there's a few they're worldwide, but. For myself, I guess I can, maybe I am also naive, but like I, I consider myself very much able to protect myself if needed. But, um, you know, I'll tell people if I'm going to go somewhere, like, right. hey, it might be this hotel. Like I I've very rarely have brought somebody to my home and that has only probably just been pet, to be honest. Um, and then anything else is to a hotel. I've done cash meets which we can get into that a little later. Um, and, you know, people have, well, subs have brought me dinner or cash or something. And I'll just typically tell somebody where I'm going, but I'm, I'm pretty good at reading people and trusting my gut. And if I feel something's funky, I won't. And there's been instances where it's been, ah, uh, fuck no. Right. <laughs> now, in your everyday sex, like your everyday sex life, if, if you were going to go have sex tonight, the type of mm -hmm. sex you wanted to have, would that be as a sub or would that be as a dom? Or do you consider yourself one or the other or a switch or? Or somewhere in between. Like would you go home and money? have vanilla sex and this is just, this is your fix out at work or? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it started off getting paid to do it. And it's, I still very much get paid to do what I do because I'm very good at what I do, but I also really enjoy it. So when it comes to my current partner, I am more submissive. Like I want him to be rough with me and I want him to reverse all of what I do basically on a day-to-day -day basis, which is also why I get a lot of submissives who are an alpha male in their day-to-day -day life and or a CEO or like something high up or rugged and manly in their day-to-day -day and they just want to let go. Yeah, that's uh seems to be a pretty common theme. I know my friends that were doing it were doing it in the 90s um, in Washington, D.C. And I, I'm sure you can all imagine what kind of clientele that they had. Uh, all very wealthy. Mm. I, I'll leave it at yes. that men. Very wealthy <laughs> men that, that wanted to yeah. have really fucked up things done to them for a lot of money. Uh, and I watched yep. these chicks make a lot of money. Do you think that you can draw the same correlations on like submissive females that you've come across in your 100%. life? You, huh? 100%. Yeah. I've, I've can't tell you the amount of like professionals I've fucked in the last 10 years, like people with real careers and, and. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, you how, like, powerful when you were like professionals like, that I fucked, I'm like. Who are all not, these professional sex workers? You're not prostitutes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, like lawyers, you know, shit like people with uh, actual yeah, yeah. reputable jobs. Um, yeah. Banged a doctor recently. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doctor. So, he likes yeah, to point that a, one out. It is a common. <laughs> it is a common theme, I think, um, with the, you know, with that type of person and, and that type of job from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It is typically common or they're into actual like tech work. They're like computer nerds. 
So it's, mm. I feel like it's maybe a fine balance of that, but also, yeah, quite nerdy guys who can't really get women. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very open about it. They're like, like, I can't believe I'm talking to you like a real woman and you look like that, you know? <laughs> it, the, the one thing that I would say that all of like the, the chicks that I'm talking about, you know, that with careers and all that shit, they all say the same thing. They just, they don't, I tell people what to do all day. I don't want to tell anybody what to do mm. in the bedroom. I want to be told what to do, used, abused, yeah. thrown away like the piece of trash where I am. And I oblige because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> and and so now, now I'm going to start charging though. I, I think that... <laughs> I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) School is too expensive. Sorry. Right. Um, I mean, I think that that's, that's an interesting and also um, legitimate psychology to it. Just as, as someone who, when you work a professional career like that, you are looked to with the expectation of maintaining a professionalism all day long. There's not like, an open room for emotional expression or for you to like, quote unquote, have a bad day. You you know, you're expected to be that stoic role model that always has it put together. So like that builds and it's nice to come home and just like, like when, when it's so ingrained in your mind that um, basically like, keep it together, hold it together, be a professional. Sometimes for me anyways, it's hard. Like, I feel like I need an excuse to cry or an excuse to let it out. And and that excuse needs to be through pain for me. Like, like I, I, I feel like it's so drilled in that your emotions aren't a reason to cry. Um, that having that excuse or that pain as as, as a validation that, Hey, it's okay to cry now, or it's okay to scream. It's okay to let this out. Um, that's nice. Like, that's nice to have sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that if that's sad. like similar to what these men go through or not, but just speculate. I can, I can draw in my own feelings and experiences and that's, that's about all that I can speak to, but <laughs> it makes sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you ever get off when you're do actual in-person meetups and you're doming these people? Well, when I'm wearing a strap, we've tried to try different ones that do also insert as well. And they don't fit very well. They kind of suck. Strap-ons are fucking horrible just in general. Yeah. Well, and you have to find a really good harness that like almost suctions to your body. Because if it moves around, then... Whose dick is doing this no. when it's actually up? No, exactly. So to have a strap that's doing that, it's not, you're not, you can't thrust properly. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially when you got something that's like this fucking big, yeah. it's so heavy, it's weighing down. Right, right. Right. Now, so tell me, I don't know why I, this just came to my mind, but was that a natural um, motion? And stuff for you to pick up originally, or was that something that has had to take time or something that you're even maybe still working at? Yeah, it is fucking weird. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) 
we don't do that like right I know that's why that's why I'm asking like so now I understand what muscles anybody who wears either a harness strap on or has a dick feels in their in their legs because you're thrusting (laughs) that is working on part of your body that's not normal so it is definitely if you don't have the proper equipment then it's already hard to get that rhythm going so to try to like work like you have a dick which you know it's just like it's a very switchy kind of thing so I mean practice makes perfect Mm -hmm. but to also go back on that other part is you know face sitting or pussy worship they will make me come at that point in time Uh, so you have you have men that pay you for these services and will eat your fucking pussy I sure do that is fucking wild (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into it i don't but... i don't mean any disrespect <laughs> I, I know no i, I know totally get it. and i know a lot of guys probably almost every guy i've ever met that's stuck with hookers like just run-of-the-mill hookers and i only know one that's ever eaten one of their pussies and he did that in tijuana okay yeah I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's the smartest thing to do but I mean, no. right after a no. donkey show if i'm or, recall correctly okay okay is this one of those we all suffer together yeah right (laughs) move along from that i mean i i've already told you everything (laughs) i don't think you get any grosser than that um and i think a lot of it goes along with the whole aspect of a session together and i've had a lot more men talk about what they want in a session that would ever then who have actually met met up and followed through with it or put in a deposit for it. Like a lot of them chicken out, they can't afford it. They think that it's going to be a lot cheaper than it is. And, or it's just like terrifying to think like my fantasy is about to come true if they've never done it before. So I think it's, yeah, like it's all hand in hand with that. And then they call it, you know, push pussy worship or body worship or leg or foot worship, whatever. But Can you walk us through like what a session looks like? Yeah. I imagine that every each one is different, but I also imagine that there's somewhat of a tempo to them. Like when I imagine he and I's like long sessions, I would say that there tends to be a general tempo to them, um, even though no one looks exactly the same. Um, mm-hmm. There's typically at least somewhat of a consistent progression of events is that this would you say that that's the same and if so can you walk us through like a general yeah like and it's again i do a lot of online sessions and then i'll you know very fewer in-person sessions because a it takes a lot of time and energy out i'm picky about who i meet in person and also what they want to have in person too so a lot of things i just would rather not and I don't care about the money at that point. But, you know, I have my, I have pet who I've seen multiple times. So typically it can look like putting out the toys and like getting set up. And it was different from when we were newer together. And then now that we're a lot more comfortable around each other. So there's a lot more, would you say like bloopers that happen? Like a lot more laughing and like he likes that though he's that's what he gets off of is the fact that it could be very painful and he doesn't really want to do it but because I like it and enjoy it that gets him off as well mm. and I'm, I know it's the same way in role reversal with a male and female 
um, you just want to please that person and show them that you can take more. So it can be, you know, I've gotten new toys in and I want to try them on him and he'll be that like dummy to, Mm. I know you can't see me quoting, but you will be that person to allow me to try new things on him. And so that I can possibly use them on others. So then I'm not a newbie with them because I don't want to try something on somebody I've never tried on and it's my first time meeting. Yeah. And yeah, pegging is typically the forefront of it. I recently have been with a sissy, which I know can be quite a term that can be like sort of offensive for a lot of people. So I don't like to use it a lot, but I'll just use it for, you know, people knowing exactly what I'm talking about. So this man wants to completely transform into a woman, essentially. So a session with them looks a lot different than just a sub or a bottom or, mm. you know, someone who puts a dog mask on kind of thing. And we'll do things like rub my feet and crawl on all fours and, you know, perform that way. And then, you know, this side of things where I've met with um, that person who wants to get dressed up, it's like, you know, putting them in nylons and a dress and a corset or something super leathery and getting them really in the mindset, makeup, earrings, like the full thing to make that person fully like transform into that. So that do you help them process. with do you help them with all of that? Or is this something that they do and they bring um on their own? I'm, I've only ever met with one specific who who's in type of person who's into that and they said that you know they can do it on their own but I think it helps them feel more getting into it because a woman is doing this to make them look more like a woman you know because I can do makeup better than they can yeah Yeah. so you know a wig bringing a wig and like jewelry and whatever and and Mm -hmm. like some 10 inch heels or something crazy oh my gosh wow and then when they watch (laughs) When they do that, do they request that you take on the role of a man? Like, do you have any costumes or changes or anything that you need to make? Or do you still play the role of a femdom? Oh, femdom for sure. And I wouldn't, like, that would probably be, which I never really thought of, but it would be a limit for me. I wouldn't dress up in anything other than what I feel most sexy and comfortable in. It's Mm -hmm. typically like you know, bold colors and leather and, you know, make getting me feeling into Domina, um, especially because I flip back and forth from personal to Domina as well. Yeah. And it, it helps me flip that way. And, you know, it takes time and that, you know, it can take time, especially if you a, haven't met with that person before at the very beginning is making sure that you're on the same page. It's very important to talk about limits and, um, possible soft limits, things that they maybe want to try for the first time and making sure you're both comfortable with each other because talking on the phone or texting is just not the same as meeting. And if the vibes aren't good, even when you first meet, like there's no point in having to say you need to keep going, but I haven't come across that yet. So when you said that, you know, some guys, you know, chicken out or whatever, or don't realize how much it's going to cost. Can you walk us through like, I'm assuming there's tiers of what they pay for, like depending Um, on what they want. Am I wrong about that? Are they just paying for time? Like how does all that work? What is, 
What's that dollar amount look like? <laughs> well, um, once upon a time ago, like I said, I did do 300 for a meet when I first met Pat. So that was like, that was also kind of the, the going rate for just a sugar baby. So let me just stop you for one second. That, that yeah. caught my attention because the chicks that I knew that were doing it in the 90s, and let me just say, these bitches are 10 plus years older than I am. So <laughs> just in case anybody's trying to do some fucking math, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but they were charging $300 in the fucking 90s. Inflation, yeah. that should be like fucking five grand. Right. I know. It, honestly, it should be. And like now, though, from when I started then, at that point, I was just kind of going with the average of what I heard people were charging. And mm. There are obviously sugar babies that will charge thousands of dollars for a meat, but like I wasn't there at that point. So after I started to realize like what I can do, how good I do it. And like, um, there's also a difference between being a pro dom and a lifestyle dom as well. So I, when it came down to realizing all of those for myself, I was charging, I'm charged 500 an hour and I mean, I could charge more, but I'm already picky with who I meet anyways. So even still, if I didn't feel like it wasn't worth it, I just wouldn't. I would just turn down the money. But also they have to pay for a hotel that I will be at by myself for the night and they can stay in their own hotel somewhere else. So to make sure that it's pet friendly, because I have to bring my own dog with me to stay the night. Like there there are conditions and that's kind of a lot of it was that they just they realize that the money's getting up and up and up there and to be 500 an hour plus maybe a $300 hotel room, they're already probably at a grand. And then if they want two hours, oh, do I get a deal? No, you don't. Is, so, it, like, is it typically an hour or are there many people that pay for more than an hour? Well, and, what, and what can you really, as, as, as a dom, like what are you really getting in in an hour? Well, and it honestly depends on what they can handle. Because most of the men that I, I come tell across, the bitches the same thing. It depends <laughs> on what you can handle, bitch. That's not hundred percent what it is. <laughs> are you tapping out in twenty minutes? Like, <laughs> can you handle a couple hours? Like, and I don't. I mean, a couple hours also is a long time for somebody who just wants to kind of explore new things. Yeah. Like, it really doesn't take long to just kind of try out different things. And I don't. I don't let them come. So. If that's their end goal, it's just not going to happen. I'll ruin their orgasm, though. Like, I love I, that it, shit. It's, I, me too. <laughs> and it's, you guys are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's different for men because it's called milking. Or, you know, so it's, it can, I've tried that with pet before when I hadn't done it. It was um, uh, putting something in, in the ass, whether it's probably like a dildo or something, and prostate milking them. And then edging them and just before they're about to come and then stopping and then just letting it happen. And then they, they ejaculate, but there's no orgasm. Hmm. So they could essentially keep going because they're still just as horny, but they've just drained their balls. So, you know, I have let pet come before because whatever, but like, I typically fucking hate it because typically the session's over as well. They're like, what did I just do? I am guilty run away panic 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 like they, they just all hell breaks loose oh. <laughs> so these guys don't come at the end of all this 
like I would rather them not. And especially with my deceit, um, he knows that if he comes, it's game over. Like mentally, physically, like it is, it can be very damaging to be in that form all dressed up that way. And then come and also have like basically your head switch gears to be like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, male so orgasm sh- now. Yeah. In like the shame, mindset. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like shame. Mean, the, the chicks that I knew that, that were doing it, unless they were, you know, they would be dominatrix. Some of them were dominatrix and hookers. Um, but like when they were dominatrix, nobody was coming. Nobody was yeah. coming, and th- I mean, they were fucking savage about it. This one bitch who has a shoe fucking thing, I mean, she was getting several pairs of designer shoes every single week from this one cat. Like, and he had, mm-hmm. like, she would tell him, like, you have to go buy me. Da-da-da-da. And then he's paying on top of it, he's paying for the bitch to come over and, like, I don't know, walk on his balls with fucking heels or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah. I love that. It's wild. Good for her. Yeah, there's not. It's, and that's what kind of why, like, I wanted to ask you, like, do you consider it sex work? Because there's no real coming involved in that. But in the eyes of the law, I can tell you, at least here in the States, like, you're getting fucked for prostitution if you get caught up in that shit. You know, I was just one. That's why I asked. I wanted to kind of see where your head was at with it. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, Doing what I do, if there's no penetration, doesn't mean necessarily it's not sex. It's just a different kind of sex, especially when, you know, uh, woman to woman, they still, you know, say it's sex regardless, Um, as well as, I mean, it's sexual. So sex work, you know, traveling a man's balls and ball busting is still sexual. So, yeah, lots of levels, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, it's definitely this. I'm like, I'm like, how do I pull more details out of all of like all of these things that you do? Like, is it, is it, ver- it's, I imagine that it's a combination of verbal degradation as well as like physical degradation. Um, I, I don't know. Is there any, is there like any additional details or, um, things like things that you could disclose about like what goes on behind closed doors like how are you hurting them I guess okay. um you want the nasty details oh yeah I, yeah. I, yeah I'm curious I I, I think yeah. that I I don't know that we would be doing this conversation justice if I if I walk away with these questions and I feel like the audience mm-hmm. would walk away with these questions too because yeah. I, like I I'm I'll be the first and last person to admit that I'm very naive in a lot of, in regards to a lot of things. And this just goes to show one of them. I <laughs> know. Jesus, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, I totally get that. It's, uh, and a lot of it, because the majority of what I do is online, it's the fact that I am picky with who I meet. And when I do meet them, it's basically what they want. So the last session I did have with, um, we'll call her Tiffany, because that's what she likes to be called, is uh, was a weekend together for the first time. So we did the whole dressing up thing. And then, you know, we did some pegging and 
they said that they weren't, they didn't think they could take a lot of pain, but wanted to see. And then we did some wax dripping play. So wax all over the stomach and the chest. And, you know, they were bound as well with cuffs and a chastity cage. Typically that's like a must for me. I love to have a man in chastity and then have their key somewhere on my body. And um, the wax was dripping on the balls and on the dick, wherever it was showing through the cage. So, you know, getting kind of into that like groove of like sexual sensations. And then I have a whip as well. So I'm dripping wax while I'm whipping is at the same time. And it can be a little softer to get a little bit harder. One of their limits is no person, no um, semi-permanent or permanent marks on their body. So I have to be careful with how much pain I do inflict because a lot of these men are married mm-hmm. so there's a lot of limits on that part and being private about you know who they are and all that mm-hmm. so that limits a lot of the physical marks that i can do on their body mm-hmm. um butt plugs typical you know making sure they're plugged and i have a cattle prodder so i was using that and we'll prod their balls or their taint, um, tip of their dick. Just kind of, again, whatever they can handle. <clears throat> and I was going to, you know, share all these later, all my, you know, toys of destruction. And you ever then, had a cattle you know, prod I, used on you? I did it to myself. <laughs> because I was like, hey, I have a sub who tried it and was like, doesn't really feel, you know, pain tolerance high. Gave it to Tiffany. and. A little bit, you know, more, or even, you know, I did it on my arm myself and I was like, shit, okay. That left a little bit of a mark. So got to be careful with that. And I tried a ball electrode shocker. So it's like those sticky pads that go on your balls and then turn it up and it can be kind of a wave and um, can be a lot, but if you start slow and get up there, it can be more pleasurable than it is painful, or it can just get fucking painful and then it's just like out, you know. Um, and what else is there? Yeah, different types of whips or floggers or riding crops, kind of, you know, the typical um, nipple clamps as well. So a lot of the same stuff can be interchangeable. Um, one of those like mouth separator prong things um bigger dildos sort of shit dick (laughs) 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 i've been waiting 20 minutes to ask you that (laughs) (laughs) it's like i know it's coming but you know the first time i'm just like You pull it out, it's just like, like just, just like I've been waiting to come out this whole time, and then just you know, so making sure this towel down, or even uh, puppy pads are really good for like a full session. They soak up everything and just put it all in a garbage bag, and then that's it. You know, good wow. investment. Uh, so yes, I've gotten shit before almost every time because it's kind of inevitable. Sticking it there, yeah. 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 See, but as a man who's fucked a lot of chicks in their ass, you don't really deal with it that often. At least I haven't. Um, you definitely deal with it from time to time, but I wouldn't, I would not even come close to saying every time. 
Not even close. But I mean, I also to what know. extent are we talking though? Because I would be yeah. willing to bet that nearly every time you have like it's a minimal amount of remnants that like, okay, like let's go. Like you still want to shower I mean, I, every I, time I, after, I, I, you know, like I, I'm not talking. I do shower like, every time after after yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously, you know that. But uh, yeah, okay, there may be remnants for sure. I'm talking about like visible shit on your dick that's not to say like i don't know what the fuck's under my dick i'm pull my dick out and i look and see what's on top but i'm gonna go i go straight to the fucking bathroom and wash my dick anyway if it comes out Fair. of the bitch's ass so you know i i honestly i'm at the point in my life where like i don't even look anymore i pull my dick out i don't look at my dick and i take it straight to the bathroom because yeah. usually i'm in the middle of sex i don't want to have to look at shit on my dick i just wash my dick after the water's run over a couple times i start to look at it and like, hey let's go buddy <laughs> and then we go. Come on, buddy. Let's go. I'm gonna say that next time. Let's get back in the vagina, pal. Let's <laughs> let's go tear this thing up. Oh, man. Back in this ass. Uh, and, yeah. So I mean, there hasn't been like an extreme amount of shit, but like you know, um, my one sub pet will do a few enemas before. So very conscious to try as much as possible to clean it out like and they're just they're just like shower hose animals nothing crazy but you know there's been sometimes where penetration can just make it come out more you know wearing a toy in my ass you know it's i've felt where it hits the spot where it feels like you have to poop so yeah like sure there's something every time yeah every time i'm I'm pretty sure that (laughs) you can hit the same spot in a fucking pussy from from what, I, from what I've seen. What do you mean? You can hit the right spot and make a bitch have to shit. Really? I think if she she already has to have to shit somewhat prior to that, but yeah, 100%. You've had people like get up in the middle of sex and be like, sorry, I have to go shit? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't, think, any, I don't think anybody to. would ever admit that to me. Um, so then what makes you think that you can make them need to shit? Like, what makes you... Where's your data? All right. (laughs) I'm just saying. As soon as I said it, she agreed with me. As soon as I said it, she agreed with me. I was thinking about a time where I had probably something in my ass pushing it, you know? Like, pushing the wall because it's right there. Mm -hmm. So, even if I didn't feel that when it went in initially, and then I start, start fucking, then I'm feeling it because it's like... They're basically together, <laughs> right? Going in the holes. Going in the holes. Mm, yeah. So, no, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna ask if there were any additional toys and stuff that you use that we didn't talk about, or in addition to toys like restraints or contraptions or anything else that you use. Uh, I brought them all in here. I'm pretty sure I spoke and touched on all of them at least those are like okay. the most common ones that i would use um except for you know if you want to talk about something at the end of the segment um, oh, yeah, sure. know, save save something special for last yeah perfect. awesome great <laughs> i I, like, have, this is a good <laughs> I have a question i would love okay. to know the and and i'm and this is for situations where you have met up with people the best experience and the worst experience from meeting somebody in person. Cause I've heard some bad fucking experiences um, from friend, female friends of mine. 
Well, in terms of meeting up experiences, because I haven't done like umpteenth amounts, I haven't had other than my sugar baby experiences. So those ones I've had some pretty fucking weird experiences for sure that don't relate to being a dom. But in terms of like my best experience would be a cash meet. So that is essentially where you just say like, hey, I'm going to be in this city or you can do it in your own city that you live in. Like, for example, I'm going to be traveling to Vancouver this coming weekend. So I said, hey, I'm available for a cash meet. And the one time I did have one, I went to Vancouver, stayed at a hotel. He came to my hotel, um, already had given me a deposit of 250 and photo id so everything was in the clear good vibes even like gave me his personal facebook just to make sure like hey i'm not a fucking creep or whatever so i had good vibes going into it pulled into like the lobby parking area went around to the other side of his truck and he's like oh we're doing it here and i'm like yep so he's like okay so i said get on your knees and then he pulled the cash out and then i stuffed a pair of my panties in his mouth and then he counted out money to me and then I said, Kate, good boy. Thanks. Bye. And I left. How much money was it? A thousand. Nice. Yeah. In like five, 10 minutes. Oh, it's not a bad day's work. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not. Good. <laughs> did he feel that's, like, um, like, was that what he had signed up for? Or like, did he feel ripped off by that? Like, or that was what, what he wanted. Sign, this is what they sign up for. I ask, you know, like, like they, some of them love to like, there's ripoff fetishes. Those are, uh, there's a lot of that that happens online where I can send a pixelated photo of my middle finger and then they'll pay a hundred bucks for it. Like, it's just mind blowing. <laughs> some of the things on, I'm on like, the, this is what I do on the online. And I don't even know if you have access to this data or not, or information but where what country do you see the most business coming to you from oh u.s for sure wow yeah it's <laughs> just there's a lot of fuckers in america that want to do this yeah. and i mean because i'm on so many different platforms the majority of them are american like only fans and loyal fans and it's harder for canadians to get paid because we don't have cash app. Um, but I found a way to get cash app. It just doesn't work all the time for myself. So I have like my own little hack that I did. Um, and then, you know, we have e-transfer for email to email, which I don't think America has. Like, so or it even maybe- Sounds they, like Zelle kind of. Yeah, or like Venmo. Like we don't have that either. So there's a lot of ways that we- Are you just blocked from downloading that shit because you're in Canada? I think we- well, if I go on the app store, it's like it's not available in your country. Yeah. Or their yes. banks like won't connect to it type of thing because all of those things you have to connect your bank yeah. account to. Yeah. And so if your bank blocks it, like my bank mm -hmm. blocks connecting to a lot of those things. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Like you have to just use multiple platforms to get paid. So it's coming in from many different streams and most of it's acceptable. I mean, there's the odd one, like cash up i'm sure is not sex work friendly so once they catch on because kids use it you know it's i totally get it what was the worst experience this can be uh, online too if you, okay, or whatever say, yeah because there's all my in-person experiences that are related to dom work have oh. all been pretty good i would love to hear about a bad online experience because i would love to know what constitutes a bad online experience 
one word stalkerish you know mm. so they can get mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i haven't specifically been stalked but it's gotten to a lot of heavy mental health things so yeah. there was a sub and let's call him peter the pig i don't want to say you know his real name or anything so like i knew you know we had a lot of sessions together online where his kink was to have me sign into his banking and send myself money from his bank so and you didn't empty his account i wanted to but i'm like i have more you ain't you ain't (laughs) serious about this shit girl you need a real pimp holler at me after this (laughs) (laughs) i'm like my number one thing is consent so if you haven't consented to something you know i don't want to to have that a have that bad name and rap about me or you know like really fuck up somebody's head and you know I, I could have and we had that talk so it's sort of like having consensual blackmail or you know the thought of threatening blackmail but not actually going through with it so it's kind of the same thing like so are you gonna drain my account dry and leave me homeless sort of thing you know just those kind of playing how much and, money do you have in this account I think at one point it was like six or seven thousand in the one account, and then he had like two other banks or something. So, well, if that the makes temptation him homeless, he deserves it. Yeah, no, sh- <laughs> you know, and uh, he had a huge Kindle addiction, and I'm pretty sure he still does. And he would get, he would send so much money that it was almost like a carrot dangling over your head of like, I can be the way that I want, and I get what I want because I give you the money, kind of thing. So it's very, very selfish for subs to do that. And it's not really, truly trying to make your dom happy when you're doing that. It's because you're trying to take it all for yourself. It's not what I fucking want. Yeah. Um, It's almost the opposite. It's them regaining like some of that control. It it seems counterintuitive. I get that. Yeah. Bottom, bottoming from the top. So we see that a lot. That's and it's manipulation. You know, they're trying to do that and they can do that to a lot of newer doms in the scene. And, typically they always find somebody who believes in it and who will do it. And it's because they're not experienced or they don't know. Um, I I think that this is a really big topic, so we don't have to dive into it too much, but I do think mm -hmm. that there is a certain degree of, um, and and I honestly hope that you haven't had to experience this, but when I Mm -hmm. think of um, sex working and men, paying for sex acts. I I do think that too frequently um, there are instances where um, there's just this massive degree of disrespect and like from the man paying and that the expect there's this like mindset that, Oh, I'm, I'm paying for you. I'm paying you for this. Therefore you must do X, Y, Z, ABC, mm-hmm. like, and, mm-hmm. and because I'm paying you for this, I have the right to treat you in whatever bad way that I want. I'm, I'm, I'm buying my right to treat you like shit, basically. Oh, um, yeah. I, I would personally, I would think that that's not that big of a thing. You don't think? No, it's not as common, but it does happen. And that I'm is sure essentially happen. what happened. Yeah. yeah. Put your, put, listen to what she said earlier. Put your mind in, you know, think about the psychology behind men that are paying women for sex. They can't get laid. Most of them, I'm not saying all of them, because I definitely know some people that can get laid that like to fuck hookers. But yeah, I would say probably the average clientele is men that can't get laid. 
Mm-hmm. So they're they're already coming to you like timidly. I would, yeah, I would and assume. desperate, essentially, and desperate. Yeah, desperate. Yeah, yeah. yeah or they just fair. have tiny dicks too. There's a lot of them that have like small dicks, so they're like, I know I can't do anything else with it anyways, so I might as well get humiliated for my tiny dick and love yeah. it. Yeah, that, wow. that seems to be a common theme with those dudes. Yeah, uh, SPH, small penis humiliation, is very popular. Hmm. And I personally have a sub that has an innie for a penis. Oh, my. Oh, my is right. And I <laughs> love showing everybody this photo of him because I'm like, can you believe, do you guys want to see him? Yeah. Maybe after. I, Maybe I, after. I don't, okay. I don't yeah. You don't? No, oh, I do. Like, I've seen something what I, that I've seen an innie penis before. Is it a vagina? It's just like it's, it's just like not a, there. Like you see, oh. you see, it's like a puffball. It depends on if they're circumcised or not. But the one I saw, you could just see like the the circumcision cut, like mm. the scar. Yeah. Oh, but, and okay, interesting. This was a video that went like into my um, meme group chat years ago, and he had like the time, like the head of. Like it was a head basically, it was teeny tiny, and he would get that motherfucker to come. Like, he got that <laughs> motherfucker to come. They do, they always do. And if it mm. takes two fingers or if it's two fingers, he was like, Two fingers, like, yeah, I was oh, like, man. bro, I'm pretty sure they play with the clit like this, <laughs> yeah. or even a vibrator. There, a lot of them will use like a wand on them, too. Oh, wow, mm. uh, no. yeah. interesting, uh, interesting. No. All right. I'm sorry. I somehow got this, got us down this like crazy tangent. Do you have to remember what, what I interrupted you saying? I was just about my worst experience. So it's just, you know, he, he did go into that spiraling mental state where he also did feel like possibly entitled to something. Mm. And, um, and the funny thing is too, is because I couldn't get my money without signing into his account, which he also had like double protected. So he had to get a code sent to his phone number. Then he would have to give me the code to sign in and then I'm in. But if I'm not in long enough, it'll kick me out again. And I have to go through the process again. So it's like, you know, he's getting this control every time by like me saying, okay, what's your card number? What's the password? What's the pin? And then he has to give me all these things and then says, oh, do you promise you're not going to do this and this? Like, okay, sure. Yeah. I promise I'm only going to send this amount or whatever. So, and he will send this, all this money, get called a fat piece of shit, like whatever he wanted to be called, um, and shamed. And, you know, I'm going to make him homeless and yada, yada. Then the money gets sent and then he probably comes he doesn't always admit that he does and then the switch flips and then the regret and the shame and he's threatened to kill himself multiple times with me and I'm like like I know you're not going to because of how you're saying this like I know this is all again you're you want your money back or whatever the case may be and he also lived in the same city as me too so like I had his photo ID his health card from another province like he sent me photos and panties like he he wanted to get blackmailed basically into doing Mm. things so there was a time he didn't end up paying for there's certain games we play on twitter that are like money making games so sent a deposit pretty sure i didn't receive the deposit because it was a larger one so it took half an hour to get there 
So by the game actually ended and he still, the deposit was still null. I hadn't received it. And then he owed me like another $800 or something from this game. And he ended up canceling the deposit and then like fucking off basically at that point. I'm like, no, 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 that's my money. So then I went on and I posted all of his photo ID, but like blocked a lot of stuff out, you know, like... I actually I don't know if I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But whatever. I posted all the shit of him and was like, maybe I left out a card or two or a phone number. And I said, you know, for the next 10 minutes, if you don't answer me, I'm gonna post another picture or another piece of this. I want my fucking money. And then he texted me, like, take that off, or I'm killing myself, and blah, 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 blah. Like this has happened mm. so many times. A little bit more when I was newer as well. And because it was such a large amount of money, I was like, I don't know what to do. And then he would apologize for it. It's kind of like an abusive, toxic, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he eventually did send, you know, what he owed and then was like, hey, I'm killing myself. Bye or something. You know, it's just very mentally toxic and like saying that he was sleeping in his car, but he wanted me to take the last amount of money in his account. But then when it came down to signing into his account, he wouldn't give me the password because he would chicken out. So he would get all this free attention and mm. lots of back and forth. And then it was just, it was. I would terrible. think that that would be a much bigger like con, so to speak amongst them, like stringing a bitch along to see how much they can possibly get out of a bitch before like you actually have to give up money or however the fuck it works. You know what I mean? Oh, you have no idea. It is called a time waster in Twitter in the world. And everybody knows what a time waster looks like. And it's typically because they ask the question to get the Dom to interact with them, answer the question. And they ask more to that. And when you're experienced with it, you typically just don't answer their DM because it's a tribute amount that you need to pay the Dom before you should even speak to them, which is whatever the Dom decides. And it's in their bio. So mine's 50. So you pay $50 to send a message to me. And then we t- typically continue I talking. Charge that on Snapchat. I'd be fucking <laughs> paid, y'all. <laughs> easy money. I mean, it's not typically easy, but you know, there's the odd times I will answer a DM depending on what their profile looks like, which is also another way to tell if they could possibly be a time waster because they're bait tweeting and invading all these putting all these hashtags like looking for a dom to drain me and oh here are previous sends that i've sent when i stole them from other subs like it's hmm. very much a very popular thing that they try to get as much as they can for nothing right do you worry about law enforcement is that like a concern of yours or it's kind of like you know if i gotta cross that bridge i'll cross it when i come to it honestly no like i maybe i should be but i'm not at all um because i can like, I don't even know if it would be illegal at this point in Canada, maybe. Well, maybe not, the on, the not the online shit. Uh, oh, uh, in-person stuff. Yeah, I guess the, the uh, very, because yeah. I, I mean, it from, I, I don't know, I don't know what the laws are these days, but from what you see online and all these fucking OnlyFans, like you're not operating, you know, illegally. Mm-hmm. That's for fucking sure. So yeah, exactly. I don't think any of that shit's illegal. I think how people handle the money from it. Um, could end up getting them in trouble, but I don't think mm-hmm. the online crap is illegal at all. Right. Yeah. No. And I think it's if you cross any bridges that actually are blackmail and that kind of thing, like that could be. But in person, yeah. I mean, 
I cross the border. I'm going to be going to LA next month to meet up with Tiffany again and have a full weekend session that could be, you know, a few grand or something. And then, um, you know, I, I, that definitely freaks me out a little bit, but I basically just going to pack up my king toys and say, I'm going to meet my kinky boyfriend out in LA. What what are you concerned about? (laughs) Well, the fact that I could be working in the U S you don't have to worry about that in LA. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good. Trust me. I've never do, been. So do, do they pay for your flights too when that happens? Of course. Like I would never travel without it all being compensated. And yeah. again, there's not, I mean, I have a sub that's quite well off. That's on the other side of, you know, the east side of the States, but he's too chicken shit to me. Like he doesn't want to meet kind of thing. So he'd rather do it online. But then there's that sub, Tiffany, who, loves doing the in-person stuff wants to get away from the wife kind of thing and live in this bubble of tiffany and has also had another dom that's traveled too have you ever had people's um significant others or partners find you out and message you or like reach out to you in any type of in any way I want to say one time, but it obviously isn't sticking out to me very much because mm-hmm. I feel like I got a message on WhatsApp possibly mm. because I'm, I'm on so many different platforms that maybe I had gotten their WhatsApp number and it could have mm. been a person from Seeking as well that um, I was talking to them and then the wife messaged me. Oh yeah, I appreciate yeah, And said like, don't message him anymore or something. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, had a chick, oh. I had a chick at my house that had flown down um who had a sugar daddy she had never met but he kept paying for her to fly down to see me it was just like a regular fucking occurrence he had given Shit. her over three hundred thousand dollars over the course of like two years and oh. she was sitting on my fucking couch the day that he got caught and the bitch was calling him and she's like freaking out like what do i do i'm like Nothing. It's not your problem. Don't answer the fucking no. phone. That's what yeah. you do. <laughs> Fuck out of here. It's him doing the sending and paying for right. the thing. She's just the person on the other side. Like, right. yeah. yeah. She could yeah. be a person through the screen for all she knows, like, especially if they hadn't even done anything in person, really. I was so like, he was definitely. I said, you thank her for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that maybe he had some cuck fetishes. Because he enjoyed oh. paying for that stuff. Oh, he didn't know he was paying for it. Oh, he, he didn't like when he was buying her tickets and shit. He didn't know what he was paying for. But we were like, when she got caught, we were actually talking to him. She was talking to him about, um, like fucking live on camera and making him pay like five grand. Um, but obviously the okay. wife fucked that up. So. Oh, that's so unfortunate. That's a good bag. so you you have alluded to like in your own personal sex life you are more of a sub or you're you tend to be more submissive Mm -hmm. um how do you balance your own sex life and your personal relationships with your work do people know about them um or know about like your work uh, and do 
friends and family. She wants to know if your family knows what you do. (laughs) I want to know both. I want to know how she balances her personal relationships as well as her families and friendships. Well, it is definitely a little bit of a balancing act, but for the most part, it's not that bad. Like, honestly, at this point, I probably wouldn't give a shit if everybody knew what I did because I get paid to bully men a lot of money. And I'm like, what are you doing at your nine to five? <laughs> they're going they're going home and bullying their men for free <laughs> calculation in my opinion girl you need to be getting paid for this and <laughs> like so i definitely had picked and choose who who i had told and i my mom was like one of the first to know even when i started doing sugaring because i was like you're my mom. I tell you everything. And she's very supportive as long as you're safe, happy, and can support yourself. You know, she obviously was worried, but she knew I knew what I was doing. Um, most of all my best friends knew or know at this point. And, you know, as you get older, you have less friends because people suck. So you know, less people to tell. And then <laughs> <laughs> when I moved out here, I kind of gone to another group of uh, people within the sobriety thing and uh, told them what I do. And they're typically all fascinated by it. And then I ended up actually meeting one of my best friends from Twitter through Dom work. And we found out we live in the same city. We do the same thing. We live like three blocks away from each other. So now we have- Oh my gosh. I know. It was amazing. So like, you know, we have this huge thing in common that we talk about and like can bounce things off each other and, you know, maybe rent a studio to do shoot content in and do sessions in and, you know, we can work together that way. So we're really lucky. And then when it came to more of my family, I ended up telling my uncle who lives closer to me, the rest of my family's in a couple provinces away. So, you know, seeing him a lot, I opened up to him about it and he was think he started talking about OnlyFans girls popping up on TikTok and like thinking to myself, well, the only reason they do that is because you keep liking their shit. So like (laughs) 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 know how this works, you know? (laughs) And I just, yeah, I just left it. So then I kind of like let him in on it because people do ask, like, how do you afford to live? You're a student, you don't work. So like you're going on all these trips and buying an iMac and all this Apple stuff, like every, you know, they just asked. So my dad eventually said, what the fuck? I'm going to just almost just said my real name. What the fuck you, what are you doing? And how are you affording this? And I'm like, okay, dad, I didn't really want to tell you because you're my father, but I'm going to say it in the best way possible. So I just gave him like the cutthroat version of what I do and just said, I bully men online and they pay me for it because they like it. And then he's like, what? What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not part of the equation, dad. <laughs> he just couldn't fathom that there was people out there doing that. But then he's just like, well, you better not be like naked online and shit. And I'm like, why? You're not going to disown me, even if I was. Yeah. But, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to tell him that unless I have to. And so he just knows that, like, the better parts of it and that it's mostly online. And, like, you know, I have 
a loyal fans account that is cocking content mixed with dominatrix content related to subs and stuff. So there's like boy girl content, fucking, blowjobs, hand jobs, quit jobs, pegging, submissive, all that stuff. So it's out there. Um, but he's not gonna know about that for as long as I can prevent it. But like whatever. I'm his only kid. He's not going anywhere. He's not gonna just like throw me out. So you know nice. stranger things have happened. I know. And I mean it's always possible, but I just don't feel that way. And then I was actually I was able to get a vehicle loan with doing this. And then my dad's like, like, how did you tell them what you do? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I just like said, I have proof that I make the money that I do. Um, you know, here's kind of my credit score. Here's this, here's this, do with it what you will. This is what I want. And they're like, oh, no, I think we can work with that. I, I find that really cool. And so then I think they. They must be seeing told, that a lot more often these days. I don't know. I think this was the first time with her, maybe. But maybe the, the bank that she had to do the application through had to you know, make some tweaks on their end. And I think she told them I was a emotional support online <laughs> worker. <laughs> oh my God. That's my job. That's <laughs> okay, whatever works. That's fine. An um, online, online, online therapist. Emotional support worker. Yeah, whatever works. But I, the one thing is also now like trying to find a different place to live if I'm looking into something a little bit more bougie and like I have a bigger budget now that I want to spend it's really hard to get a place because I don't a the market's really really tight right now so they probably would just pick somebody with a normal nine-to-five job that makes enough money to pay rent but the last place I did apply to I was the first place I was ever honest with and said okay I am a content creator, social media, online persona, and I make this to this amount a month, and I can give you my bank statements to prove this. And I also was able to get a proof for a vehicle loan. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to be as honest as I can because some people are really cool with it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I see what you make. I have no problem. Fucking oh, okay, good. good. But it's hard because it's never always a guaranteed income. There's yeah, residual right. income and things that you can well, make, but a lot of it can also that's be. That's anytime you work for yourself, though. doesn't yeah. matter yeah. what kind of work you're doing. Yeah. So balancing that, like, with my partner, he knows, he knew almost within the first few dates that we met that I'm like, hey, this is what I do for work, and I want an open relationship because of this fact, and this is a huge, like, sexual part of my life as well, even though it's not going to intertwine. So he he wasn't a vanilla guy when we met, but he definitely had situation before but he's like you know i'm super open to it because you're pretty fucking cool so like let's let's try and yeah so we definitely have gone through lots of conversations we're really good at communicating and i think that's probably the biggest thing is just being open and communicate and i have no problem answering any questions that anybody has mm-hmm. so I just make sure that, you know, he knows that I am on my phone a lot and I have a work phone and I have a personal phone and it's just like not a nine to five. It's an all the time kind of job. So if I'm getting nudged or whatever, you know, like a sub wants to do something online, it's way more sporadic as in booking Mm, a session in person 
So it does take time away from us or it can, unless I, you know, forewarn people not going to be on my phone for the rest of the evening, which I've done as well. So it's just trying to balance that like, hey, tonight I might have to work for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I don't want you to turn down money if possible. And I can find something to do sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the in-person stuff he's getting more used to as well. Um, Because it is a totally different side of the sex spectrum that he doesn't really consider it much. Um, And I did forewarn him what could possibly happen in sessions. And I think the most physical thing is, you know, pussy worship. And I'm like, you know, they do eat me out and, you know, let him know that that could happen. So that when I had the session with Tiffany, like throughout the whole weekend, um, he just didn't end up asking me about what happened because I thought he would. And he's like, honestly, you told me pretty much what was going to happen. I assume that it all is probably going to happen. And uh, if I want to know more, I'll ask. So just trying to navigate that. Like, this is new on my part because it's the first man that hasn't been involved in the kink scene Mm -hmm. before while I'm also doing this. So, you know, it's trying to also be more mindful about what I'm doing and what I'm doing and then also balancing that work time where I'm live on Tuesdays and Fridays and then I have you know a couple nights with him a week to hang out um he would have every single day if he probably could but like I also need me time I need to decompress I like being alone and then I have friends that I want to hang out with as well so coming up with school now in a couple weeks I told him it's going to be a little bit less when it comes down to that and you know, just day by day at this point. Yeah. So I have a question because I think other people probably caught this too that I want to ask before we start to wrap this up, but mm-hmm. it's about Tiffany. Okay. When you first mentioned <laughs> Tiffany, you mentioned that Tiffany was planning on transitioning fully into a woman. And then a little while later, you mentioned that he was married. Mm-hmm. So not transitioning, <laughs> not, not transitioning in real life, transitioning into Tiffany for us when we're together. So it. yeah, it's not a full thing. Like he definitely likes to wear panties or like stockings underneath clothing to feel like a dirty little whore with the, you know, the cage on and having that hidden underneath real clothes. So it's like, I know my dirty little secret and I feel like you might, but like you don't. So wifey has, is very against anything that's kink, anything. So it, you know, we've had to do some hiding of stuff and it's unfortunate that he can't always be in a cock cage because that is my preference, of course, but like, he'll just have to wear it at work. And then I ended up, you know, purchasing a lock that was like $2,000 that I can lock from my end that he cannot unlock. So there was one time that I we're still like kind of new with this lock. We finally get it set up and he had to message them in times because it just wasn't on my end. I couldn't lock it, unlock it. I couldn't set a timer. It was like an expensive piece of shit. Like I can't believe how much money it cost. It wasn't working. But anyways, once it got working, we set the timer. As far as I was concerned, it shows when I lock it, when I unlock it, or when I set the timer on both of our screens. So then I was out and about and it typically only works on my computer and not really on my phone or wasn't at the time. And he was like, Hey, miss, it's not unlocking. And I'm like, you know, going about my day, doing my shit. And then 45 minutes later, like, okay, yeah, it's still not unlocking. And 
panic, panic, panic kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm going on my phone, trying to sign in. He's now taken this device with him in the car to go home because his dick is still locked up. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, he could get caught kind of thing. And so I'm trying to go on my phone and refresh the app. And I'm like, it's not saying you're logged in. So I can't do it if you're not logged in. He's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'll just, you know, go do some running around or something in the meantime. And, um, you know, he didn't seem as too worried about it, but I think he's done it before where he's worn the cage overnight and just slept somewhere else because they don't fuck very often. Like he's went 45 days. You don't say. I know. Without coming at all. Yeah. (laughs) And I like that because then that means, you know, I control his orgasm for a lot longer, but I also know that it's going to happen or else she'll suspect it. You know, if he could choose actually not to come forever, he probably wouldn't, but got to make the life know that he's normal as a man still. You can perform. Alrighty, interesting. Then. Anyone else have Very any questions? <laughs> I mean, I do, but I, I know that we are over time. Way, so, way yeah. Over. Yeah, I know. Um, so much to talk about. Yes, truly. Let's see how this, you know, see how it's received. And mm-hmm. if people want to hear you back on here, we'll get you back on here. So, Absolutely. calm down. Yeah. Thank I mean, you so it's a can of worms that has turned in, oh, like it can be a big bucket, right? Like it's just, there's so much to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. I believe that. 100%. I believe that. So do you have a, are you good if I go to toy of the week? You have a, t- a very special toy of the week for us this week. Well, so when I was at Tiffany, we went to the sex shop and I was like, oh, I've always wanted one of those. And so pulled out the wallet and like bought me a bunch of shit. So um, it is a sounding kit. Yes. That had to be um, expensive as fuck. Yeah, it was $200. That's it? So oh, I thought that sounding kits can get upwards of like thousands. Thousands. Well, thousands. honestly, though, like, I don't know why there was some that had two in there, but it was like, a hundred and some dollars so i'm like why wouldn't we just get like the full kit for it but i tried you know the smaller one on him and some feel like it's a punishment because it doesn't feel good and others like himself felt like it was jacking off the inside of his dick Mm. so i was like interesting okay so then we like went to the next size up which i didn't realize i didn't realize that it was like smaller to bigger so each side has a different girth so it's almost like you have 16 of them instead yeah instead of so yeah so the first one i used was this one and you used the small end of it and you skipped over the big end of it yeah like i think um excuse me he he wasn't caged for it because he had to be able to flex and like it to go in. So I'm pretty sure it went and you could you know, see where it maybe changed mm-hmm. um, sizes. And then it was like, Oh, it feels fine. So let's go to the next one. So then that's where I stuck this it's one. in. big difference. It is. And then it went up and then I noticed that I got bigger and I was like, Oh shit. Sorry. Like, I didn't realize how much bigger it was. And then he's like, something feels off. And I'm like, and then I think 
he said it was burning and it started burning the inside of his dick. But like, they can also be used on women. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Very aware. Oh, you didn't use that? No, I haven't. Oh. I uh, thought about it back and forth over the years. It's one of those things, though, that I'm like, I could see myself using it once and doing it once just to know when the kit is brand new, sterile. Like I like Mm -hmm. it's essentially equivalent to catheterizing someone, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a well known and understood fact that catheterization is not like without its risks. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I think that it's something that I maybe know a little bit too, too much about. I mean, it's not like the riskiest thing ever, but it's, I I would say that the highest risk that you're putting yourself, that you're putting yourself up for is infection, Um, which like, okay, but also like UTIs aren't fun. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, which women are probably much more prone to. Yeah, but I think that sounding a woman or sounding a man would hold the same risk of um, infection. I, I I would have to like double check that um, that mm-hmm. data on um, like infection risk for. But it would be equivalent to catheterization, I would imagine catheterization mm-hmm. in men versus women. But I'm pretty sure that the risk is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so anyways, my biggest, my biggest hesitation with it is that these kits are so expensive and it's like, I would do it to, to, to know about it and, and to experience it. And I would literally use that kit once. And I know myself and I know that I would never trust any amount of cleaning that I would do to that kit to have it be sterile again mm-hmm. after that first use. And so, um, for me it's almost more of just like a oh like that's a waste (laughs) type of thing I get that yeah I think you would just have to get one of the smaller ones if you were to get like a kit that has two of them in there or one um and then just try to find one not as expensive use it once and throw it out yeah I haven't seen one that's not expensive the shit that I've seen I've seen like one one like surgical steel Mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you call it rod sounding rod or whatever like 200 bucks for one yeah oh yeah we saw that too at the sex store and it was crazy. actually a big really fat one too I'm like, oh, that must be an experienced oh. <laughs> have you had one used on you no actually um you kind of freaked me out with that one oh yeah sorry because <laughs> i've had i mean i've had my fair share of infections and they're basically the worst thing you can experience obviously as a woman knows and it goes from like minor to major bleeding within 24 hours so you know it's it is scary in that sense yeah for sure he he was the one who did all the research about it and and knowing like exactly what to boil it at and what to sterilize it with to have me trust you know putting it inside of him so he knew what he needed to do he did it to it and there and then i put gloves on and and you know sanitized and did the whole thing on my end of what I could and then there was no infection it was just I think we stretched it a little too far yeah it just just went too far did you use lube oh so much lube yeah yeah Yeah. it was I just didn't want to not use enough oh yeah maybe it was like a little bit of a backlog of lube in the people like I don't know it's just getting getting painful (laughs) to listen to Right. Just had to grab my dick and tell it was okay. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus okay. fucking crazy. 
Well, <sighs> all right, then. Uh, two hours later, I think we can wrap this thing up. It is not quite that far. Mm, fucking close. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Dama, thank you very much for coming on. That was a wealth of knowledge. I'm sure you have piqued a lot of people's interest with this conversation. Um, mm. So again, thank you for coming on. If uh, the people want you to come back on and talk some more about it, then I'll be in touch. <laughs> Yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. I think me. it was great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. It, I, no pressure, but it, was there anything like, like any of your, it sounds like you have a media presence. Was any of that stuff that you wanted to share or do you want to stay, like keep that stuff out? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, um, I'm on many, many platforms like Twitter, OnlyFans, Loyal Fans, Sex Panther. I want clips. Um, Reddit, Snapchat, TikTok, seeking like a lot of things, but Twitter is kind of the main hub. It has a link in my bio to find all the other links and it is dominatrix dommy one. So it would be dominatrix D O M I one. Unfortunately, almost all sex workers are shadow banned on Twitter. So when you put it in with the at, um, I may not come up, but it will, it'll show like if somebody comments or tags me in something, then some form of me will come up. But yeah, I would absolutely love some fresh meat if they hear this and they're curious. <laughs> Who doesn't love fresh meat? Come to mommy. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are done here. We will talk to you next time. And until then, remember, always be a good girl for daddy. Bye.